funny. Choose. Welcome to Waypoint, uh, which is a podcast. This is the intro. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking about this one. Uh, I had an idea, I'm sure. Take two. (laughs) Clap. No, 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 no. We're keeping it. We're keeping it going. This was already take 25. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell them our secrets. We really need to sort of work out our mythos in in sense of uh, what's our relatable fun opening that's immediately recognizable. (laughs) And our ending goodbye line or whatever. You know, our, I don't know. Every podcast has that, right? And every YouTuber. I mean, I'm committed to the watermelon bit now. Yeah. Oh, really? Do we have to do the watermelon bit? (laughs) I don't get the watermelon bit. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, it's it's very 2010s, lol, so random humor. It is, but I don't want them to know that I'm old. (laughs) I I, want to speak to, you know, uh, a cool gen... Originally, Alpha audience, I made that as babies. a reference to um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is really big right now again. So yeah, yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah, so so Netflix we are relevant again. My reference, my references, has become Refers. my relevant reference. Honestly, I remember when people in the early two thousands didn't wear skinny jeans and only baggy shit, and that's coming back now too. Everything's becoming cool again. Honestly, when I was a teenager, teenagers didn't like me, so I don't expect teenagers today to like me, so... (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I'm scared of teenagers. Because I just... I don't get it. I don't get them. I mean, uh, it's, you know... that I I, I always thought I wouldn't be one of these old people, but I'm 26 and I'm already one of these old people. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm really trying, okay? I'm really trying. Uh, Gen Z audience, uh, we understand and you and you can relate to our characters yes please s- <laughs> totally. keep listening my character is definitely not me walking through my issues so it's very relatable <laughs> to like other people yes. so extremely relatable characters honestly politically that's... speaking the new generations are much better than we were so like yeah that's true, that's true. i mean i mean yeah one opening could be welcome to waypoint very try to tackle our psychological issues and by <laughs> characters in the teenage yeah, just... years <laughs> That just rolls off the uh, the tongue, right? Yeah. Oh, I saw <laughs> just, a horrible mm. Twitter thread about that. About what? About how you shouldn't um, put any kind of trauma uh, into it. Uh-huh. And uh, basically how people shouldn't create these characters uh, for catharsis uh, or something like that. And I was just like, you know what? There can be nuance here. Like... Yeah, like why do these people not play therapist, but why do these people play RPGs? I don't know. I don't get it. Like this also, happens like naturally, I think. Like seriously, yeah, of course you yeah, should like sure. treat your gaming master as your therapist, but yeah, sure. Uh, but it kind of happens that you know you bring stuff from your life into your character. That's just natural. absolutely. The, like, the that's thing just, is, that's I how you make your characters do it relatable. On purpose. I never <laughs> do it on purpose. But when I think back on my characters, I'm always like. Ooh, I was going through something there. <laughs> With me, it's less that. It's more like something, yeah, that just happens naturally. Like I start, usually I start a character off with some sort of idea of them. And then through play, they just evolve into a certain direction naturally. Mm. It's just, you always bring a bit of yourself into every character. Like I could go back through all the characters I've played and different stuff. 
and could say, oh, yeah, that's my fear of abandonment. Oh, yeah, that's my... Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my social anxiety. That's all of this that I sort of inserted into these characters just to give them something more human because that's what I know. I mean, how yeah. could you not? I mean, your life is what made the brain the way it is. So um, it kind of how can you use off. the same brain and do something completely different that doesn't yeah. work? Also, a lot of these hard rules completely forget that you can actually talk to the people you play yeah. with. You can mm -hmm. say, I don't want to do this or can we do this differently? Like, how are these people playing? <laughs> There's no communication outside of the game. <laughs> When I started off as a game master, I watched a lot of these. Like, a lot of them are really good. I'm not slamming them at all. But I watched a lot of these DM advice videos uh, by Matt Mercer mm -hmm. uh, that he, like, uploaded on Geek and Sundry, I think. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where those were. But um, when I watched these, there were a lot of really relevant uh, tips in there. But I always remember a certain kind of st uh, strategy video that he did quite a lot of. Which were like, for example, there's this one that was about like, if your if your players don't engage with your campaign at all and just walk around killing everyone and solving every problem with violence, how do you nudge them in the right direction? Like, how do you give them consequences in game to bring them away from that path? And I could never understand why you would need this advice. What like, kind of fucking people are you playing with? Yeah, first of all, <laughs> what kind of fucking people are you playing with? And second of all, just talk to them yes like if my players were doing that kind of thing not taking my campaign seriously at all then i'd be like hey uh if you want to play with me here if you want me to dm this game i expect like a minimal amount of engagement with it and if you can't provide that then this is probably not the right campaign for you also if you want to play morally corrupt characters you can just say so And then you can have a group of morally corrupt characters so yeah, they sure. don't stand in each other's way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think too. It's about, I think, it's about expectations. If the, the, if the game master and the players go in with different expectations of how and what the game should be, then one of them or all of them will get disappointed. So if you just say, oh, I noticed you want to have to solve everything with violence. What do you want from this game? Because that's not what I want from this game. If you want this kind of game, either we have to change the campaign or you have to find another person because I don't I don't want to do that. But if someone is like, yeah, hey, we would yeah. like um we want to have some fights and stuff, then you could change the campaign setting to something like this is in a war zone or something where this is much more normal. Or I like if I decide what the campaign is gonna be, I want to involve the players like a lot. Like, for example, I have this one campaign going that's, like, Egypt, ancient Egypt-themed. It's a D&D &D thing. And, like, I discussed every detail of, like, the universe, the setting, what kind of races they can play, what kind of backstory would work for a character like that when they suggest one in this setting before we really started to, like, get them really invested in the setting. And if after that they're still, like, fucking around and really not interested in it, then I don't think that, like, they're the right fit or... I just try to like sort of work with them and try to find the in-between ground because mm -hmm. I don't want to like dictate what my players can and can't do. Yeah, what yeah. I also like doing is when um, the players give the background to the characters, I ask them how far uh, do you want this to be set and to be determined mm. by you 
and how much can I put into the campaign and basically fill up with more background. Mm-hmm. I know I did that with uh, Sanya's character yes. in another campaign. And that was basically, was I tragic. had <laughs> full control. There was this whole mystery of um, the char- character's parents dying. Mm. And yeah, but I asked beforehand, how much can I do? Is there something you don't want me to do with that? Because yeah. I think it's important that people feel in control of their characters. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I completely get that. Like, I really like a DM doing this with my characters. And I really, li- really like doing this with the characters of my players. Usually how I settle it with them is more like, what do you know about your backstory? And what don't you know about your backstory? And the things you don't know are the ones that I usually fill in. And if they really, if I like get the vibe that they really don't want something specific done with it. Like, for example, I don't know, someone has in their backstory... Their, their their father disappeared and they try to find their father and that's their mission and if the thing with their father if they always imply that like he disappeared but before that he was a really cool guy and he was really friendly then I will not have him be revealed as the secret villain of the campaign because that's clearly not the intention the player had with that kind of character yeah. but if there's holes i will fill them because i love doing that i love playing around my characters around my players and i also really i also really liked you know because when you asked me about this campaign and i was and you said it's about superheroes and i'm like my immediate reaction to this was i want to play a superhero character with chronic pain because mm, i've yeah. never seen that before and i really really want that so um yeah that was cool that it worked out i'm very happy mm-hmm. about this because it's just yeah, something sure. you you don't see at all mm. it's also very funny to me because even though i gm a lot when i play a character i don't plan much i just sort of <laughs> develop the character mm, as yeah. the campaign goes which is why i usually don't have much backstory or anything but mm. like there's stuff happening now so that doesn't really get in the way there i mean <laughs> listen i'm fully okay with just a character showing up and you being like yeah this is the guy you met at some point in the past mm. and you were great friends or something like that i can play <laughs> that that's fine this is also that's also something that we're going to kind of do this session um i want to use this session in a way to sort of let you explore your backstory a bit this is something that also the masks book recommends doing where characters will ask your characters about their backstory and allow you the chance to fill certain parts in. So you can establish it in play. Essentially there's this really, I think it was an example in the book. I'm not really sure. I think it was like that somewhere in there where they gave the example of a character comes into their classroom um, outside of their costume and the game master tells the player in the front row your arch rival at the school sits what do they look like and how did this relationship develop like i am imposing something of on you but i am giving you the chance to fill it out essentially and if someone is stuck we can always come up with something together so yeah exactly yeah Yeah, for sure group storytelling all right you want to start yes yes let's go now i'm excited (laughs) I have a nice little paragraph for you again. A large skyscraper stands at the heart of the city, a triangular building that gets slimmer towards its peak, surrounded by three long sheets of colorful metal that wrap around the building like a strand of DNA. 
The letters SOS, perched atop the high set of double glass doors that form the entrance, are hard to see from your position, as your eyes are drawn to a large sculpture that dwarfs the entrance behind it. It shows a familiar figure to anyone who knows anything about the superheroic. Starbolt, first hero of Waypoint, kneeling on a rock, extending his hand to a small child that fell off of a small toy bike. A friendly look on his face behind the visor. A small plaque at the foot of the large structure reads, Kindness in Memoriam. Uh, what was the guy uh, called that brought us there again? Uh, in a uh, incense. 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 He's still okay. there. He's still there. Okay, good. Uh, he sort of dropped you off, but he's still standing at the roadside next to like a small uh, bus with the SOS logo on the side. We came in a bus? You came in a bus. You had a floating platform Yay. that brought you to the street and then you went into a bus. Okay, that's not very fancy. Was it at it's least not very fancy, like a shuttle but you know, bus not or something? Like, especially for the SOS stuff nothing that cool it's just you know not every superhero has a vehicle yeah. some just take he usually takes public transport to crises all right and some can fly mm, and some can fly he can not fly or run very fast i just run very fast to, to stuff so that works too that works that. too i'm better than you innocent instant uh, why, why do i say innocent <laughs> instant he's not innocent. nothing innocent about instant Uh, you actually haven't seen him do anything fiery so far. <laughs> okay. He just has a fire logo on the front of his uh, uniform. You haven't seen him do anything with fire. Moon sends like a wave of like uncertainty and kind of curiosity to the others and asks them, "What do we go in? Do we wait here? What do we do?" Um, Charlotte ignores it a little bit because uh, she's still staring at the statue that has been. Erected um, recently. Max looks at Incent and says, Is there like a reception or anything? Yep, there's an info desk inside. All right, then Just, I say... Just, you know, I'm gonna leave you alone here. Uh, lots of fun. And he sits back into the bus, but uh, <laughs> just closes the door, but doesn't drive off. <laughs> This is Max awkward. Shouts, uh, shouts at him. Have fun heroing, I guess. Moon waves. As Charlotte is standing there staring at the sculpture, another person joins her, a man standing next to her, his arms crossed, uh, who's also wearing a superhero costume from as far as you can tell. Ah, uh, yeah. Are you still wearing your costumes from the fight scenario before? Or did you, like, I don't know, sit down in the bus and uh, change outfits? Uh, I think I just took my mask off. Uh, yeah, I'm still wearing mine. Yeah, I'd assume so. And Moon is also still wearing... I, I non- didn't wear a costume to begin. Um, <laughs> but Moon yeah. is just um, wearing moon clothes. Just moon boots. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> The person standing next to Charlotte is dressed in sort of like a stylized, freshly cut version of a, of mon- monk's robes. Like something you'd expect to see as a mo- at a monastery in black and greys with uh, magenta lining at a few points and a hood drawn into his face. Did they walk and up or just appear out of nowhere? He walked up. He was sitting on a bench near the statue, but when you came to a halt here, he walked over, probably noticing that there were other people in superhero costumes that he didn't know yet. Just 
sort of stopped right next to Charlotte and now he puts his head like slightly to the side to better talk to her. Interesting costume. Brings back memories. It does for me too. Who are you? Ah, it doesn't matter much. The people inside that building don't care. Why well, should you? I care. He looks at you. All you can see of his face because of the hood drawn very far down is his mouth. And you see that he smirks like a little bit. And his head turns to the statue again. And he says, uh, sort of ignoring your question. Uh, did you know him? I actually did. I knew him really well. Hmm. Only met him like once or twice. Don't know if he noticed me. He noticed a lot of people. I'm sure he would remember you. Yeah, he did. He was one of the few people in the city who, like, actually cared. Even if he was, you know, naive. He was kind. That's another way of saying it. He puts a hand into his pocket of his robe and hands you a little rectangular black card with a number printed on it in white and says... You going in there, that building? SOS? Yes, I'm actually... Uh, I have an invitation to go there. Mm. He looks you over again, like his eyes sort of narrow. And he says, You're probably not going to listen to me, having never met me and all. And hey, how would I know you? But I'm pretty good with people. And I don't think these people are right for you. From the sound of his voice, I would gather he's a bit... Um, frustrated and maybe not a, the biggest fan of the SOS and I was just yeah, wondering you're, if you're that's very much what I'm getting, getting like contempt yeah. or getting anger or more like uh, a vague mix. You're getting a sort of what's the best description? You you get the feeling that he really doesn't think very highly of the SOS okay. in general. What do you mean? He shakes his head a little uh, at Charlotte and says I know these people. I know this city and I know that you can't see what's going on here if you look from the top down. When the day comes, it might be pretty soon, where they disappoint you, where you want to actually help people and be an actual hero. Just call this number. I just look at him a bit confused, but also I'm, I'm trying to keep this in mind, what he told me, to, to look better at what is happening. He puts his hands in his pockets... A uh, superhero costume with pockets. They <laughs> exist now. And I mean, just like a dress with nice. pockets. <laughs> Everything is better with pockets. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And he just sort of walks off, having dropped his mysterious words. Um, I call after him, have a nice day. He just puts his hand up to sort of give, an, give a recognition, give a slight little wave, and keeps going. Can't believe you're already networking. Uh, I wouldn't... Mm. I wouldn't say this was networking, but um, maybe it, it could be helpful. I'm not sure yet. What? I mean, he problem? seemed like a weirdo, but you know, you never know what kind of people you can actually learn from in the future, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're standing up there, <laughs> incense still sitting in his truck, uh, <laughs> incense still sitting in the bus. You see some people walking by you, some look at the statue just like you did. Some walking into the big building. It's it's very tall, like one of the larger skyscrapers in the city. 
and some people coming out, some in superhero costumes even. Uh, it seems like there's some children walking around here too, like some going, going in. You get the feeling that there's probably like tours of the building you can take. Max takes pictures of everything like a typical <laughs> tourist. <laughs> and if you look through the large glass doors, you can also see that there is an information desk on the other side of a large entrance hall. So do we want to take a look around the building or do we want to go in? What do you guys think? I say go in. There's no time like the present. Okay. So we, the three of us just sort of walk like like three abreast into there, just holding up our invites or, or what are we doing? <laughs> slow-mo group walk. <laughs> slow-mo no, group think, walk. I think it's too early for the slow-mo group That's walk. That's true. That's very <laughs> You haven't true. earned it yet. You I was seriously just thinking about, okay, what kind of move would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Provoke someone, maybe? Like to... The star, the star absolutely has some kind of flashy move, right? Like do um, something extremely flashy. I have a few. One of them is the mm. stage fighting thing I already mentioned last time. Mm, yeah. And um, then I have a time for the show. When you put on a flamboyant display of powers, roll plus superior. And then basically I can name what kind of NPCs are present. And that's, well, good for me. Okay, so you don't slow-mo walk in. And I assume you just <laughs> walk in like normal people together yes. with the other folks. Through the great glass doors, once you get close to them, they open automatically. And you come into a large uh, entrance hall that seems to be clad in marble from the looks of it. On both sides of the entrance, you see like statues of superheroic figures. None of them like it's, this isn't the Hall of Justice. There's not like literal statues of the people who work here, but there are statues of like heroes as represented through the ages like you see statues of generals in the 1800s you see statues of greek heroes in the antiquity so i guess you it's see more statues like, of no-name superheroes like a well. museum where you like see the different incarnations like of of a car or airplane or something kind of like that okay. yeah sort of like and and fr starting from the door where the oldest era statues are towards the information desk where The peer, uh, where you can see people in spandex suits with high boots and capes on their backs. And uh, as you walk in, nobody notices you all that much because you're <laughs> not the only people walking in with superhero costumes. So some people look at you for sure, especially the tourists. Like, hey, I haven't seen that one before. Who's that? <laughs> hey, why is this person wearing kind of a Starbolt uniform? That's weird. Why is this person red? Oh my god, you can't just ask people why they're red. <laughs> mean girls. Okay. Uh, as you come up to the info desk, you see a woman in a blazer sitting behind it with a headset on, who's apparently having a conversation over that headset as you're coming towards her. Why is it always and a who... woman? Why is it never a man? I thought about that, okay? But I, <laughs> but I noticed that I, this episode didn't have that many female side characters in it. <laughs> Listen, as it's long okay. as receptionist woman is respected in her workplace, it's True. fine. She puts a hand up at you to sort of, like, mime you to stop there as she finishes the call she has right now. And that one ends pretty quickly. She turns towards you and says, Hello, welcome to the SOS headquarters. What can I help you with? We were invited. Oh, all right. Uh, can I see your invitations Max excitedly pulls out her invitation and hands it to her. Moon sort of um, gets it out and slides it over. 
I'm fum fumbling around in my bag and try to get it out and I'm just a bit nervous and, and clumsy. She looks at you with like she 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 looks at you with like slight pity, but she gives you the time you need. <laughs> and eventually she takes your invitation too uh, and has all three of them together and asks, "All right, I'm gonna need your names for the registry. Let me just check real quick if everything's all right with these invitations." She goes through them and then halts at one point and her finger stops on one of them and she says, uh, I see. Yeah, she checks the invitations, looks up back at you and turns to Charlotte and says, is there a reason why you only come by now? This invitation, uh, usually there's a period of 12 months after these invitations are sent out where you can come here and validate them. We do this in case a hero turns into a supervillain so they don't come by here and then infiltrate our organization. This has happened before. It's a bureaucratic kind of thing. Uh, this oh invitation was created around 13 months ago. Um, I actually just found it, to be honest. Um, I wasn't made aware that this invitation was, you know, given to me. And so I just ah, didn't I, I see. Uh, so that's why I'm, you know, pretty late. That shouldn't be a big issue. We can just check in with the officer who made it out to you. I, I promise I'm not who... a supervillain. I would never do that. I, I promise I would never do that. <laughs> she kind of looks a bit sad as she looks at the invitation. Ah, I see. Contacting the officer who made this one out is going to be a bit difficult. She looks back up at you and seems to be looking intently at your costume and says, that sh it should be all right. I'll just make a note here just in case. Didn't you get yours in the mail? Um, uh, well, I kind of um, found it in some stuff that was left to me. I see. Yeah. Uh, he was never that direct with a lot of his more interesting ideas. Well, uh, I'll put you... Uh, it's it's gonna be okay. I'll just okay. I'll just make a note about it. Okay, thank you. Th thank you very much. Thank you for your help. Uh, again, I still need your names, though. Uh, I I'm not talking about civilian identities. Uh, you know, your fun names. <laughs> <laughs> Our porn names, you mean? <laughs> your your professional names. <laughs> well, mine is ecstatic, like the letter X and then static. Static, as in. TV isn't working. Exactly. All right, all right. I'll put that down. Uh, is there like with a colon, semicolon, uh, a dash? dash? A, dash. a dash. I see. All right. Gonna put that in here. Ecstatic. Yep. That copyright's still open. Perfect. Uh, at least in the city I of Waypoint. Before. I made yeah, sure it's still right. open. Perfect. Of perfect. You did. <laughs> She turns to uh, Moon. Um. And how about you? I don't really um I I just go by Moon. I don't really have a superhero name. Moon. All yes. right. Well, the original Moon died in the let me just check. Yeah, Crisis on Earth 7. Man, that was a thing. Uh yeah, sure the name's open again. Why not? <laughs> okay. Then just going to put that down. And <sighs> she looks at Charlotte again. I can guess. Yes, it's Starbolt. Okay, that's going to be a bit more complicated. I'll How note it Max down. How does Max react to it? Because I don't think she's put it together yet. <sighs> Max just sort of looks stunned. 
I mean, uh, you're not the first person to show up here calling themselves Starbolt after getting an invitation, so I'm gonna make a special note about that. It's been a long year, and a lot of people, you know, trying to reclaim that title. Yeah, but I'm actually Starbolt. Uh, that's what they said too. <laughs> I, the boss is not gonna be happy about it either way, but, you know, you you give the name, I write it down, that's all I do. It's kind of a big name. Tyler, Tyler looks a bit miffed about the whole situation, but um, um, she's not saying the, anything more. Did the receptionist react in any way to my telepathic um, usage? Uh, she probably put like an eyebrow up, but wasn't extremely surprised I by mean, it. I mean, this probably probably this woman has seen some shit on the stage. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, you probably noticed. Yeah, like you you would have noticed that from the point where you telepathically spoke to her, you can't really read her mind anymore. She apparently has learned mental blockades against that. Okay, because um, it's probably pretty relevant in her job. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can confirm what what Charlotte is saying. She's she's right. I I saw it. I'm just putting down the name. I'm not I'm not here to vouch for anyone. You can explain that later on. I'm not the person. I'm not the arbiter of if you get in or, or not. That's that's the job of the heroes. I'm just a receptionist. I bet. Um just just in, I bet that one day we will going to have something and no one will know what to do and she's like, "Oh, I've seen this a hundred times." <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm thinking a thank you at Moon and hope that this works and she will receive it. Moon sends you back like a feeling of you're welcome and like a, a little warm feeling. Well, I smile at her. Okay, then next step would be let me just she presses the button on the side of her headset again and speaks a few like hushed words into it. Yeah. Newcomers. Yeah, I also didn't. But Alright. Okay, I'll send them up. She turns around again to you and says, Okay, uh, it seems like your introduction will happen right now. Uh, we usually like to have a small test to sort of try out new recruits, even after they've already received our invitation. Uh, we like to, you know, check in on them before we feel ready to send them into action. Of course, you can't just take any riffraff of the street. I mean, any riffraff of the street doesn't get an invitation, but... <laughs> I you mean, know, you haven't like seen me sure. in action yet, so... I'm sure someone in HR did. But that doesn't matter right now. I will give you a room number on floor 74. That's room number six. You can take the elevator over there. And your test will wait in there. Be prepared for everything. Cool. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Moon sort of waves. No problem. All right, you see the elevator that the receptionist sort of told you about. It's uh, on the side between two of the hero statues. It's golden, like ev everything in here is either marble or gold. It's It very much has this like Olympus Hall of <laughs> Heroes kind of feel to it. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's very dramatic. <laughs> um, this is what way... I expected. <laughs> this is what I wanted. So. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the elevator... Max turns to Charlotte and says, I didn't really peg you as super ambitious before, you know, but Starball, that's a big name to live up to. But hey, I support you. Reach for the stars, right? Uh, thank you. Um, Reach for the star bold. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, 
I didn't choose this. It kind of chose me. Maybe maybe that's a way to explain it. Um, it's it's difficult, but um, I just want to make people happy. I mean, I don't really get it, but you know, I think you can do it. <laughs> Making people happy, or at least trying to, is kind of what a hero is all about. I agree. It's about, you know, saving people and making people's lives better. So Saving people, hunting things. <laughs> the family <Yeah>. business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. no. <laughs> Sorry, that was conditioning. <laughs> so, um, Charlotte, how, how did you get your powers? Were you born with them? Because you said you didn't choose this. Or were they, were they given to you? Well, I was kind of born with them but you know potential that for makes it. sense to me and, that uh, that that basically starball told you that uh, after a conversation you two had that he got the idea of you because you showed a certain potential for these powers yeah that mm. others don't have yeah he also didn't lose his powers from that like he no, through some no, sort yeah. of machination gave you sort of a copy of his powers yeah he Very much was in control of his powers and didn't lose anything when he was training me. He just gave me support and uh, helped me train with, with those powers because obviously he knows what what's kind of, you know, happening. So you, you actually knew Starbolt? I did. Um, not for, you know, not for a really long time. I would have liked to, to spend more time with him, to be honest. Um, but he did train me for two years, I think it was. So yeah, he was he was he was a very kind man, and um, I very much appreciate him. You were trained by the best. <laughs> I would say so. I would actually agree with that. He that's he's so wonderful. cool. As you're talking, the elevator opens, and you step inside. Uh, the elevator closes and you can keep talking. Um, how about you, Max? How did, you know, you get your, your powers? Charlotte I mean, tries to get the conversation away from her because she's feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm noticing. Ma Max isn't, though. Max is not noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably noticing. Well, I was also born with them. I got my powers when I was really, really small already. And my mom still talks about the day I set my crib on fire with a few sparks. Oh, it took that... me a bit to control it, but by the time I was six, I was already pretty good at it. That must have been very scary for your parents. Nah, my mom's pretty chill about this stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, as your conversation continues in the elevator ride, you're being pulled up by uh, impressive forces. It feels like you're traveling at insane speeds without too much shaking going on. You assume it's kind of the same technology as the magnetic monorail that's pulling you up inside of this elevator shaft and pretty soon drops you off where the doors swing open and you're let out onto a very long hallway with offices to both sides sort of scattered all around it with numbers uh, on the doors and sometimes names right next to the numbers. From the little bit you can see on the small plaques next to them, this seems to be like an organizational part. You see like legal department, you see uh, office of civilian complaints and stuff like that standing on the side. And um, which room number was it again? I think it, it was, was six. six. I, I think it was six, but I pulled it off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we go to the room that was told to us and Moon sort of <laughs> um, looks at the door and like, do, do we knocking, knocking, right? Or is there a bell? Or do we just go in? Um, I think we Definitely can knock. knocking. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> Moon goes over and just sort of continuously knocks on it. Just not once or twice, just knock, 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 uh, knock. Okay. I think that's enough. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, Moon's, Moon's rapid knocking, despite its clear annoyance, is only met with a few gazes from people walking through the hallway, not with someone actually opening the door. Isn't someone supposed to be there? Um, I thought so, but... Can I sense opening. anything from inside? Like, a, a, um, a, a mind? Um, I'm gonna say try to uh, use your powers on this one. Yeah, I thought so too. Unleash your powers. Because one of move. the things I can do is extend my senses. Yeah, right. Let's go. Roll a plus freak for me. E uh, hold on, that's... Oh, that's a freak. I rolled a five. Uh, it's a seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Thank God, I'm very freaky. <laughs> on a seven to nine, mark a condition, or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I'm gonna say you extend your thoughts into the room, and you do pick something up, but the something you pick up doesn't resemble the thoughts of any living creature you have ever witnessed. You're getting a sort of... You're getting something like a psychic screech from inside there that you can't really connect to anything. Uh, and that sort of freaks you out. You mark afraid. And oh. you see Moon sort of... Um, afraid. Um, Moon sort of like looking at the door and narrowing their eyes and then sort of flinching back and holding their head and like okay there's there's something weird in there there's Moon, something are you really okay? weird in there um I, 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 i'm not sure if, if we um and the of the the fear is like you feel it pulsing from from moon you can stay back but i think the two of us should check it out yeah when are you gonna be okay yeah it's just um very uncomfortable i it's like when when someone like um a, a jump scare something like that where you just where you for a moment someone is screaming in your ear and it's it's not very pleasant. I love those. I <laughs> don't really. <laughs> All right, um I think we can just check it out and Moon if you want to stay back that's that's obviously fine. I'm not sure what what's happening, but maybe that's part of the test. Moon takes a few steps back and um and um pushes up the sleeves um of their jacket and um lets like one or two um feet of of um her bands just sort of um unravel and hover around. I, I don't think I really explained what they looked like um in the last episode. I think you gave a vague explanation, but yeah. you can you can specify. The way I pictured it is kind of like um you know this sort of ballet dance thing where you have a, a very long ribbon at the end um on the end of a stick and you sort of swirl it around. Yeah. Mm. Similar to that, I thought that um that might be a like martial arts discipline on Moon's world, um where these 
these sort of bands are not as long as as the ribbons uh, in the bands thing, maybe 10, 15 feet. And um, that the discipline is like you, the the fabric is response to your mind. So it's about precision and you, on Moon's word, it's similar to like, um, like a cutter or something where you show how um, disciplined your mind is by doing motions and styles with them. And they're also used for like self-defense or like if you're climbing somewhere and um, you use these these bands to like hold on to stuff. They are on both of her um, of Moon's arms. They are like braces made of this um, fabric that's just wrapped around the arm and um, Moon can sort of unfurl them and control the bands and the fabric strings like telepathically. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> I like it. It's alien tech. Also, if if someone, mm-hmm. some of you have seen or or read the um, My Hero Academia comics or uh, mm-hmm. manga or the anime, it's similar to what Aizawa is using. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of too. Yeah. When you described that to me for the first time, uh, uh, so Moon see, unfurls their their That, that helps me weapons. a lot because whenever someone goes into a lengthy description, my brain is just like, "Good night." <laughs> you as in Mimi or you as in Max? No, as in me. Yeah. Okay. And it's not just the audio medium. I can read a book and there's a paragraph of description. I'm just like, why? Oh, that's really interesting. Like, I'm I'm the exact other way. Like, if I don't have a very extensive description, I cannot picture the th- uh, something. Yeah, my, my brain is just like that. So if any of the listeners um, were like, Wow, I completely blacked out in that description. Same. <laughs> just just look up a video of Aizawa on YouTube. It's yeah. Just look up a picture of someone ribbon dancing. I think it's actually called that. Yeah, okay. That's so, that's the that was as a superpower. Yeah. No, it's it's tech. It's it's just like it's telepathic tech. bands. It's tech. Telefabric. So Moon is staying back Moon is staying back with the ribbon kata. Uh, yeah, what so they're, they're just sort of like like floating, um, like in a just like 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 some seaweed or something in a breeze, just sort of floating around. Max puts on her mask. <laughs> Good timing. I mean, I'm ready as I as I am right now. Who opens the door? How about the one who can quickly go inside <laughs> <the> <laughs> opens the door? <laughs> Okay. In case something comes out. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I thought that maybe Max would want to open the door, but uh, this strategically oh, she wants to. <laughs> strategically, <laughs> it sounds better if I do it. Yes. Uh, so yes, I open the door. Yep. Behind it, you see a large office room. Essentially, you see a table at one end. You see a chair standing uh, on the wrong side of the table. Basically, the chair is on your side of the table, not behind the table, as it probably should be. Behind the table, you see a large window set into the wall that shows the skyline of Waypoint very prettily. And uh, as you look at that chair, it's like uh, one of these huge grandpa chairs uh, with the back of it turned towards you. And as you walk inside, it swivels around. Yes. And (laughs) you see someone or something standing up from it and starting to walk towards you. The figure is wearing a a, a white containment suit of some kind. A suit you would wear in a very hazardous environment. Uh, The only part of the body that isn't covered by that suit 
is the head, which is instead covered by a conical glass bulb on top of the head. And inside of that glass bulb, you can see a sort of green liquid, a greenish-yellow liquid floating. And inside of that liquid, you see a human skull floating. The figure with the containment suit and the floating skull and green liquid starts walking towards you, hands in their sides. Um, guys, um, I think it's pretty obvious, but this, this is not in a normal person. Or even, I, I'm not sure it is a person. I'm um, not sure what I, it is. I would agree with you on that. Who are you? And please stop coming towards us. You see a light glowing at the collar of the figure. It's a sort of, uh, there's a small red light glowing and out of it you hear like a crackling noise. <laughs> <laughs> Static. I'm getting major um, Vastranerada flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> In the, uh, kinda, kinda, yeah. S kind of a similar thing. And the figure puts, puts their hands up but keeps walking towards you. Hands like, um, raising my hands like, um, put your hands up or like, like placating, everything is fine. It's hard to tell. It's uh, putting the hands to the front and like sort of pushing them towards you a little. I want to try and have a look at, at this mind again. You get basically the same vibe you got before. You get this weird psychic screeching that you can't make heads or tails of. Mm, okay. You are um, still frightened. Mm. <clears throat> uh, are there any other people around right now? Nope. Uh, there are some in the hallway. There's some in the hallway still walking around with, like, binders clutched to their chests, walking from one office to the other. Do they seem... Do they seem to react at all to this? Uh, they can't walk, uh, look into the oh. room. You are in the only position where you can really look inside of it right now. Guys, I'm... I'm I mean, I, I know it's supposed to be a, a test, but I, I really don't know what we're supposed to do here. Um, I'm pretty sure we have to fight it, right? Yeah, I'll but if it's, it's not if it's not attacking first and actually peaceful, that would be a very bad idea. That's true. Just hero protocol. It just looks very scary. I mean, a lot of things can look scary, but actually not be that bad. That's true. You're totally right. Um, Moon sort of looks at you and points at themselves. A Moon gets a whiff of, oh my god, Moon, you're not scary from Max, but she doesn't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Moon picks it up. You can see the figure lowering one of their hands and sort of putting them on, on the neck where the bulb connects to the rest of the suit. You see like small buttons and dials and you see it pressing buttons, turning dials, stuff like that. Well, with the other hand, it's still has it raised and tries to suggest something to you. Um, I get closer to that thing. Uh, do you get into the room? Yes. Okay. Charlotte walks into the room and uh, as she does so, the figure sort of turns something around. You hear like that noise from when you plug in uh, a speaker <laughs> while it's already turned on, like a <laughs> and uh, suddenly you hear, hear a noise coming out of the small speaker on the neck and you hear a voice coming out of it ah uh, yes that's a lot better uh, sorry uh, this thing malfunctions all the time come on come on in I'm not gonna hurt you uh, 
I have a few I have a few fold up chairs here. I can pull them out. You can sit down. Max gets into the room and um says, "You know what? I've never had my opinion of someone change so quickly than when you started speaking and I'm very glad it did." Um Oh, there's uh I assume I I just hear what the other people are hearing. Yeah, probably. You okay. hear it probably from them. Okay. Yeah, a, a great, uh, great dangerous situation assessment, by the way, from you. That was actually not part of the test. It was, it's just an unfortunate thing that happens because my speaker wasn't working right. And ah, doesn't matter too much. Here, come over here. Maybe you can help me. I have some fold-up chairs. The figure walks over to a bunch of chairs and uh, points towards them. You can uh, have a seat over there. I like to have my subject sitting uh, on the other side of the table. I like to have them in the position of power to sort of see how they how they handle it. It's oh, I, I'm so rude. I haven't even introduced myself yet. Uh, my name is Doctor Supergau. Uh, that's my superhero name. Um, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> uh, Supergau is a is a German word. I'm originally from from Austria. Um, you can you can you can relax here. You can have a little moment. Uh, my 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 human name is Dr. Martin Gauss. If that's reassuring to you, I'm a clinical psychiatrist uh, who just happened to uh, be caught in the explosion of a nuclear power plant and gained superpowers <laughs> from it, and also their body melted. Um, this is awesome. I don't know what happens when I take off this containment suit, but probably my bones will flow out of it, and I don't know if I can put myself together after that yeah i wouldn't do that then yeah that's what i've been saying for the last 10 years <laughs> he helps you set up the folding chairs uh, and actually i them. want to um rush over and use my power to put ah. up the three folding chairs <laughs> uh, which i guess uh, i have to roll for folding roll. chairs <laughs> that doesn't necessarily have to be a move but in this situation i think it would be funny if it failed so i'm gonna give you an unleash your powers here okay <laughs> okay I have maybe to you're trying freak. to impress impress him or something yeah it's a seven it's a seven uh so i'm gonna say you managed to set them up really quickly and when you uh come to the last one you uh sort of like stumble a little because this is a pretty small space and you're used to using their powers more in like greater wider open spaces uh it isn't the most impressive display but you manage to do it and you get a small little clap from the radiation suit um quick question <laughs> i assume that when we are outside um were we all talking telepathically or were you answering out loud to what moon was saying um i think because we were i think that's very because yeah otherwise max and charlotte couldn't communicate Right. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise we would just we would just have like stood there and looked, and then just walked in. He takes a seat on the big leather chair, and after uh, you've all taken your own seats, he pulls a small file out of his table. Are you open to criticism, sir? <laughs> sure, always. Uh, I'm actually here to examine you right now, but uh, I'm always here to be criticized. I feel like referring to people as subjects will put them a bit on edge. Unless that's what you're going for, in which case, good job. You're my subjects in the way that I'm here to test you, essentially. 
testing subjects in a way. I'm sorry, uh, English isn't my first language. As I said, I'm from Austria. I've only lived in Waypoint for two years now. Well, your English is very good. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I'm still wondering why the speaker device has kept my accent. But <laughs> for some reason, that's just how it works. So, I don't have a lot about you here, except for your superhero names and some basic information we checked before we sent you your invitations. Uh, first of all, are you comfortable here? Is this Is this... Have you been to Waypoint before? How does the city treat you so far? Well, we were kind of attacked while on the train, but I guess that's a pretty standard experience for a superhero in Waypoint. Unfortunately, yes. Did you come in on the uh, monorail, yes. perhaps? Ah, I know who that was. Yeah, he's been attacking monorails all week. Uh, actually, all month at this point. Wow, they didn't uh, catch uh, him yet? Uh, duplex, I think. Do, can you give us any information about this guy? That would actually be really helpful. Uh, not a lot. That's not my... I'm mostly... I'm actually like... I'm wearing sort of a super suit and I have superpowers, but I'm mostly here as a psychiatrist. Uh, oh, all right, thank you. Just you know, just check. My m my superpowers are kind of hard to use in the field because I can mainly irradiate things. Which you know, if a giant kaiju is attacking the city, then I'm perhaps useful because I can give it cancer. But <laughs> uh, in most combat situations, my powers would definitely count as overkill. Isn't there a possibility that it will just mutate into a bigger kaiju? That hasn't happened so far. And while I'm... It's pretty funny that I that I have a doctorate and it has nothing to do with radiology. But from the little bit that I actually know about radioactivity, I don't think it usually works that way. Yeah, 99% of all mutations end in like non-functioning mutations that basically... Death. I can also absorb radiation, so I'm pretty useful if another nuclear power plant starts exploding, so that's something. Anyways, I mainly work here as a psychiatrist, so I don't know a lot about the daily supervillain affairs in the city. That's that's not really my department. I'm just here to give you... Uh, it's not even really an evaluation. We just want to know some things about you. That's basically the test. We just want to figure out what kind of people you are. Okay, I guess we have to get information somewhere else but thank you i have some uh questions here <laughs> that i would like to ask you he turns his floating skull towards moon i heard from down there that you are a telepath uh moon nods ah okay uh, i i was assuming she couldn't understand him either i can read the other like max and charlotte's yeah, yeah true, 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 true. charlotte's um, um minds and gather what they um watch what he's saying i've had i've had certain problems with telepaths before it seems that uh they have a hard time grasping whatever's going on inside my skull moon nods um, vigorously yeah moon reacted pretty badly in front of the door i see i see well in 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 that case uh perhaps you would like to write out your answers or Someone of the others would like to translate for you. I have not heard a word from you yet. I'm assuming you perhaps mute. A moon like nods and points to their mouth and shakes the head and points to their ears and nods and mimes writing and shakes their head. 
Uh, yeah, Moon, Moon can only communicate with us telepathically, so um, I'd be happy to translate. Yeah, I'd that that works. Uh, I'm I the game master. I'm just gonna assume in this situation that whenever Moon says something, one of yeah. you relays it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that makes the situation a lot easier. Yeah, I think yeah. Max and I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would like to ask you some specialized questions, some general questions, just things. Looking at your files here that have caught my interest. Uh, first of all, a question for all of you. Um, how long have you been active in your heroic personas so far? A few days at most. I'm pretty new to the city. Interesting, interesting. He he makes notes while you're talking to him. So do you mean the specific persona or do like previous personas count? Previous personas count. We all switch them once in a while, especially when copyright disputes come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, and nobody laughed. From the age 6 to 12, I was actually known as Sparky. You sense a wave of amusement from, from Moon. That's adorable. I do, know, I do know why you changed that, because I do know Sparky. Yeah, and also, it didn't work quite as well um, with the audience I want to have. So, at that point, we changed it to ex Ecstatic. And oh, you went a lot better than Sparky. He goes by Spunky now. That's a lot worse. <laughs> That's way worse. Way worse. Anyways, okay. And uh, at the age of six, so you've been an early bloomer, you could say. Yes, that was about the time I learned to control my powers. And I was public ever since. Interesting, interesting. That's, that's very... Uh, that's very encouraging to hear. We have someone with experience... Uh, and he turns his head towards Charlotte. And uh, <laughs> you have no idea if he looks at your costume because he's a floating skull. <laughs> um, well, I've been you know, training for two years now. Um, I've mm. been getting very good. And um, uh, I haven't actually been like active as a superhero. I've just been training. I hope that's not a problem. No, no, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, I don't actually have a lot on file about you, just a notification that there is an invitation out for you. Apparently written by, ooh, Starbolt himself. Unfortunate thing that happened with that man, very unfortunate. Charlotte Knotts. All right, so we have uh, one essentially veteran at this point and two essentially newcomers at this point. Interesting, interesting. Uh, where did you all pick up your powers, by the way? Uh, for Moon over here, Moon was the name, right? Moon Nods. For Moon, I do know where the powers came from, from her file. But uh, with the other two, I'm not is exactly sure. You guys sense a wave of relief from Moon. Interesting. <laughs> I was born with my powers. Um, they first showed up when I was 14 months, two weeks and three days old. <laughs> <laughs> of course he knows that. <laughs> you know, the way I picture it is kind of like um, Legends of Korra style. <laughs> Moon, um, that Max just one day like, yes, I have superpowers. <laughs> Deal with I, I assume it's something you can, I assume it's something you can read up on, on her wiki. Uh, what exactly <laughs> I mean, she manifested powers. Basically, Max's mother is also very much into the superpowers thing so she kept a diary on all the progress in early life <sighs> that will someday be in a museum 
or in a biography. <laughs> All that. Uh, but Max strives for the museum. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, I've got my superpowers like two years ago. Um, uh, apparently I had, you know, potential for it. And then Starbolt gave powers to me. I, I have actually, I'm, I'm not very sure how this whole thing worked, but... You see the skull inside the suit like bob up and down slightly. You're not sure if it's some sort of wave in the fluid or if it's a strange kind of nodding as uh, Dr. Supergao makes a few other notes. I love his name, by the way. Very well done. <laughs> He uh, turns towards um, Max again and says, so uh, I have two specific questions for you uh, that interested me when hearing your story. Uh, I would like to know, I, I know that your mother is very uh, supportive of you in this whole superheroic endeavor. Uh, is there anyone else in your life who sort of wants you to succeed for your own sake, uh, like separate from just your brand in a way? There's my brother, of course. He usually mm. handles the public stuff for the most part. And honestly, without him, I wouldn't have gotten this far. Interesting. Uh, is he also a superheroic being? No. Sadly, he didn't really get any powers. Ah. But he's still a hero, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not really... Uh, I, I'm kind of a superhero, but I'm also more of a support kind of guy. Uh, I know how important that is for a lot of heroic figures. He notes that down as well and then looks up again. You come from a hometown in Dreamland, from what it says here. Yes. Uh, I I can see from uh, the attached images and newspaper articles to this file that you were sort of a hometown hero there. Yes, it was mostly public uh, appearances. But one time I actually did solve a case of stealing. A stealing case, a hey, that is uh, Superhero 101. Yes, I thought so too. I had a specific question about your town, because we don't have Dreamland on our maps, really. That's less of a question about you and more of a question about the area. Were there any others in your hometown with superpowers who, you know, if if their mother had been the mayor, might have wound up in your position as the hometown hero? Well, in my class, there was Billy. He could move water around, but he never really trained his power. So he still mostly just pranks people by making water fountains explode. Well, that, that sounds like perfect material to, at one point, uh, try a superheroic career for three months or start robbing banks with dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk bad about people from my hometown, but I just don't see him as a hero. It's also a lot just about your personality and your conviction. He uh, turns away from Max and turns towards Moon. Uh oh. So I have some questions for you too. Um, he uh, sort of looks to left and right and says, given the circumstances, I gather that you can only really hear me through these two? Moon nods. I, I have two, let's say, rather um, difficult questions relating to uh, your home. Moon nods cautiously. <laughs> How would you like to handle that? 
Hmm. Moon sort of shrugs and says, I mean, depends on how you want to handle it. I, from my side, would... I don't want to keep secrets from my friends, but I know that's not, that might not be what you want. Max feels happy at being called a friend. I think it would be easiest for now if we keep that whole background situation a bit vague. Um, once you're all in our organization, you uh, can share that information. People in here will know that. People in here can know that. You're, you wouldn't be the only one in your situation in here if you know what I'm saying. Moon, moon nods. Charlotte looks disc, uh, Charlotte looks confused between the two. <laughs> what what is your home like? How are the people there? Boring. In in what way? That it's all so nothing happens. Everyone is happy with the way things are and nothing needs to change and if you even like try to do anything out of the ordinary like everyone is scandalized because that's not the way it is done and just just mm, be happy with the things you are why do you need more everything fun that could be done has already been done there's nothing left to to explore to try out the head turns around again like uh, looking between all of you uh, <laughs> generally peaceful then yes Ugh. The definition of pacifist. And you are essentially on a vacation, a journey, an exploratory kind of thing? Yes, I I want to see what else is out there because there's, there is nothing left in my home that I haven't already seen. So I want to anything, anything new. And I'm just and uh, traveling. Seeing new stuff, experiencing new things. Is this just a small in-between stop or do you want to stay here for a while? Oh, I would like to stay. There's so much. I mean, I've been a few places um, and this um, place here is so interesting. I've, I've seen some stuff I, have, I haven't seen anywhere else and I, I want to know, know how, that, how that works, how, how people do that. Like Max did this and showed me this picture of like fireworks. And I don't know what the, I mean, you, you blow stuff up just because it looks pretty. That's, that's amazing. I want to see that. So it is, let's say the local culture that interests you about this place. Yes. Yes. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, his head turns towards Charlotte. So, uh, Charlotte, uh, I I see you've chosen the name of Starbolt and you have had your invitation signed by the old Starbolt. Yes. Um so uh, to 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 go along with the train of thought that that sort of suggests I assume you have you have met him? Yes, I've met him a lot. Mm. Uh, when did you first meet and, and how did that come about? Well, he kind of visited me at my home and he said that I had potential mm. um, and he took me with him and 
gave me powers and trained me. Interesting, very interesting. So he was sort of my my mentor. Well, you don't see a change of facial expression on the literal skull. Uh, you do hear from the generated voice that there's that he seems to be in thought as he makes a few further notes. You see him sort of draw a small X on there, and uh, it takes him a little bit before he looks up again. Is there anything about you in particular that you would say, aside from some sort of genetic superiority that makes you able to accept these superpowers, is there anything about you that you would say makes you a better choice to be a new Starbolt than anyone else? Oof. You sense like a wave of like indignation of like, hey, mm. hey, you tell me, is there anything special about you? Um, <laughs> one can also probably feel uh, Charlotte being very nervous and stressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Starbolt himself trained me and he said that I had the right kind of character to be a superhero, to be a protector. A superhero and a protector, I see. Let me, let me rephrase the question. Is there anything about you that you feel would make you less capable to be the new Starbolt in compared to everybody else. <laughs> Come on. You feel the same way <laughs> again. Well, I mean, it's very hard to live up to his, you know, to, to just him. He, he was amazing and everyone loved him and he was just perfect. So I guess no one can really live up to him, but you know, at least I can try. I see. I see. Uh, I'm I'm very sorry if uh, these questions bring you in a strange mind place. It's uh... Charlotte is not sure that he wants to like hear or knows about her chronic pain, but that's definitely not something she will bring up and talk mm. about during you know an interview, a job interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't. Uh... I, I don't want to uh, attack you or anything like that. It's just, uh, I don't know if you know, but in the years since Starbolt's, uh, you know, died, you haven't been the first person with super speed powers to come here and say that they will be the new Starbolt. And I ask these questions, each and every one of them. I think it's important to uh, get an idea of Yes, I mean I've I've been made aware of that by um by a receptionist, but to be to be fair, I am the, like I am Starbolt now. He wanted me to be that, and I'm not just you know some crook who wants to be someone they don't deserve to be. But he chose me, so I am the real Starbolt now. He, he like, uh, does that strange s skull moving up and down, nodding again and says, Well, I suppose we will see that. Uh, do, do you want to know what the first thing was Charlie did when the monorail was attacked? She made sure to bring everyone to safety first. All the passengers, they were safe. Moon that's nods. Admirable. I smile at Max. Uh, what else happened in there, by the way? That must have been some sort of test... Well, I, I actually think we work pretty well together. Like, he might have gotten away at the end, 
But with a bit of experience, we could be a really good team. And I think every single one of us has it, the it to be a superhero. That sounds very good and uh, very well studied. Nothing less. I, I would not expect anything less from you. I will, I will actually uh, mark you down for potential team. I just and you hear a beeping noise from a little bit away and you see that there is a small um, phone in the edge of the room which has a very much of a, a phone in the mayor's office to call Superman kind of vibe to it. Ooh, is it red? Yeah, it's red yes. uh, and like shiny and he walks uh, over to it really quickly pointing like a finger up at you to uh, like assure you uh, wait a second and picks it up and seems to just listen to it presses it to the side of his like glass cone on top of his head <laughs> moon is very frustrated that, that um, they can count you anything you can see him like actively nodding forward a few times with the cone before he puts the uh, phone down again and turns towards you and says all right I have one more question for you. One last one that I like to ask everyone who comes in here before I send you further. I just um, got a call relating to you. But this question will have to happen. Something you can think about uh, on the way. Why do you want to join the SOS? Moon ascends to the other ones. Don't tell him, but it, it just sounds like fun, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Max starts grinning and agrees in her mind. He leads you back to the elevator. Moon says that she feels a, a point of responsibility. He leads you back to the elevator and once you're all inside, he presses the topmost button to floor 100. Ooh, penthouse. And leads you all up. And in the elevator, he uh, puts his hands uh, again to his sides because his radiation suit doesn't have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, he makes sort of a motion like uh, exasperated breathing out and you hear the sound of exasperated breathing out coming out of the speaker uh, even though there's clearly nothing breathing there and he says I like you three a very colorful a very very interesting group of people uh, your your outfits would match, match perfectly but uh, I'm I'm gonna tell you it's not gonna be easy for you um, you got your invitations and that might have felt like, you know, like the the thing that's been your big break. That's been the thing that you've all been waiting for, at least for one or two of you. But I, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to have a pretty tough hurdle to get past if you want to really join the organization. Well, I've never been one to run from a challenge and I think uh, Max and Moon are the same. Moon not. That's why we're a good team. Sounds like fun. We didn't run from the villain. We're not gonna run from this. All right, then. Uh, good luck, because and he turns to Charlotte again. The boss is gonna hate you. And the elevator <laughs> comes to a halt. The doors swing open, and in front of you you see another marble room. This one larger than all the others. You've reached the penthouse of the building. Uh, all the walls of it are glass looking out on the city and the tips of the colorful woven DNA strands that are incorporated in the architecture of the building. And uh, you see a large desk in the middle of the room and behind it a chair with like a pointy tip on top that also seems to be made of marble 
with like uh, a pillow on it. And on that chair, feet crossed up on the table, sits a man. A man in a black super suit, completely black, uh, which includes a long black fake leather coat and a black cowboy hat pulled down into his face. And as the uh, elevator opens, he turns towards you and... At least Max and Charlotte definitely recognize him. He's a very well-known figure. He's the leader of the SOS now. A, a duty he used to share with Starbolt, whomst he was the sidekick of at some point. And as you enter, he takes his feet off of the table and stands up and moves towards you and says, Well, seems we have another imposter trying to take my mentor's title. And that's where we'll end this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Julian, don't you dare. Don't you dare just delegate Mr. Dr. Supergirl. Dr. Supergirl. Dr. Supergirl. To the sides. I want him. (laughs) I love him so much. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, I just love your accent. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I was very excited about Dr. Supergirl. He's one of the first characters I thought of for this campaign. Oh, it's so cool. He's wonderful. I have a whole paragraph of backstory written out for him in case it Good. ever becomes relevant. Yes. <laughs> Good. I, I, I was thinking that this episode would be like, that we'd get a little bit further, but not much. But uh, we actually did it pretty well. This is This is a very talky episode with not a lot of gameplay elements i think in the beginning it, we so. need something like that to sort of establish everything also yeah. charlotte should be prepared for a future lesson on how to sell yourself by max because <laughs> <laughs> okay. that was bad <laughs> charlotte was way too nervous <laughs> to like present herself in a good way i find it really cool yeah. that all of us are super naive but all in different ways yeah <laughs> that works yeah that works <laughs> anyways uh you'll continue your encounter with knight rider the leader of the sos next time and uh i'm i hope you're all excited for it yes. very much <laughs> gonna say bye bye now oh no i have one last thing to say <sighs> all right Give us, give us one more, uh, last thing. The marble in his office is totally fake because on the hundredth floor you cannot build stuff with marble. A tower will <laughs> not get to the one hundredth floor if you're building with marble. So it's one hundred percent fake marble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not in our, not world. In our world. Marble is actually very light in this universe. <laughs> uh-huh. That's an established fact now that is going to be relevant in a future adventure. But that makes marble. Marble is a lot why lighter. Why would you use marble then if it's if it yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty it's also very bendy and it's basically steel it's basically <laughs> it's basically identical to steel it's all right steel, but it's basically identical to aluminum so basically if marble is like steel in this universe then having a marble office is not showy no at no, no. All. it's it's just it works like it you know <laughs> it's uh it's still just as rare it's still and just as valuable expensive. yeah yeah it's okay yeah, no 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 okay okay let me refer uh, I, okay i take it all back this isn't normal marble. Normal marble exists in this universe. They just have a superhero who once worked here who could turn anything into something that looks exactly like marble. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely used his powers, actually. 
This is this is going too far. I'm gonna cut you all off. <laughs> bye bye. See you all next time. Bye. Until bye. then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>